Welcome to Study Buddy, meditation philosophy for the heart of your practice. This is a live online discussion of ancient yogic texts amongst meditation practitioners in the Shambhavananda yoga tradition. My name is Acharya Satyam, a resident teacher at Konalani Yoga Ashram in Hawaii, and I welcome you with love and respect. Thank you everyone for being here, but special shout out to Bob. Bob All has right. been having some health stuff and he's still here with a big smile on his face. Bob, we love you. You're amazing. Um, so glad you could join us. We Send did. him a little extra blue light. Abaya did Medicine Buddha at the beginning of her yoga class yesterday for Bob. We all visualized you healthy and happy, my friend. All right, so uh, just for fun, pronouncing it. Chitta, Stiti, Bacha, Rira, Karana, Payasu. Yeah, so grab that pocket sutra or listen closely. Um, the awareness of God consciousness should not only be infused in the state where one's mind is established in one pointedness, meaning we shouldn't just experience God while we're meditating. We should also be able to uh, infuse that establishment in the yogi's body and the or in their organic actions, the actions and the senses, and in the external objective world. So this is a big goal. It's like the goal. Uh, it's called bringing your practice off the cushion into your life. Um, nonetheless, it is it is a focal point for us in this sutra. Um, our work centered around this fuzzy image for you, but clear as a bell for me. Okay. Our work centered around this idea that the yogi. I could read. Oh, sure. Please, go ahead. I can see it. Um, so should I read the whole thing? Yeah. The yogi should also find the state of Turiya in the objective world. You must infuse Turiya, which gives life to the three states, waking, dreaming, and deep sleep, in each and every action of the universe. Then, in time, you should also infuse the life of Turiya into that state. Thank you. So we got to... We got to find this inward awareness in during our objective life during the while we're working with objects in our life uh, in all of the states meaning the external world but also in the mind and in the subtle levels and it says in each and every action and eventually we should infuse this life this inward gaze we should really infuse that inward gaze into these waking dreaming and deep sleep states to explore this, we took some time together. It seemed to be pretty fruitful here from the discussions we had, and maybe it was for you, to really just ask yourself when you're meditating, like, who is this? What am I doing? What is so different about this moment that, make, that could possibly make my life different? You know, so just take, let's take 30 seconds together you know just the idea of relaxing the body yet maintaining a degree of stillness just the idea of smoothing out your breath 
you might not be in a deep state of meditation right now, but there's something different about you. Something different about you here. And try to feel what's different. Don't just think about it. Try to be with what's different. So that potentially you could open your eyes a little bit, keeping a soft gaze, and still feel that subtle difference. So essentially, that's our work, especially in our tradition, Shambhavananda Yoga. It's the essence of the word Shambhavi, Shambhava, the inward gaze amidst the outward world. And so let's just have a moment together. Um, any comments or questions about, about this uh, focal point or about this, um, the direction that we're starting in in the sutra? Kona Bob. <laughs> Go for it. And I'll make I'm gonna unspotlight so that you'll see Bob as he talks. Go for it, Bob. All right. I was just thinking that um, if if it's not super clear to you right now. Remember, you've got uh, plenty of years ahead of you to practice. And mm. I can say for myself that um, even though this would have uh, very much made me, uh, well, it would have made me kind of anxious if I had heard this 20 years ago because I would think, oh, I'm doing something wrong, or I uh, maybe don't understand, or, or maybe something will become clear later. But after doing it for more years, um, it's no longer a confusion, and I'm not thinking about it. It's just... Uh, watching Baba all these years, uh, watching my own reaction to the world over, after all these years is just mm -hmm. made it where, by golly, they were telling the truth all this time. And um, it just feels like a, a wonderful uh, encapsulation of Shambhava Yoga. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. Yeah, did, um, I think that's a really good point. 
you know i think that this space it you, you sort of become more familiar with this space literally in the sutra it says over time eventually you can infuse it says uh you should also infuse the life of turiya into that state meaning you get more familiar with this inward gaze and you can infuse that inward gaze into these waking states into these daily states you can infuse this inward gaze into this outward gaze um and so yeah and you sort of earn it like bob was saying over time by basically trying it in in different in all these different settings and there's really no replacement for for what you what how you learn it you know but it's like this moment in zen flesh zen bones when paul rep says do you have a hand and he says and he's all he's writing this and he goes well he's like do you know you have a hand and it's like yes you know you have a hand but were you aware of your hand before i asked that question so it's almost like you know this inward gaze is there but until someone says what's your inward gaze feel like what's that version of you about how do you bring it into your life until you ask those questions you don't pay attention to it and so like the sutras are here to ask those questions so that you'll see what work needs to be done not so that you can like master it but just to just to show you that directions so thanks bob for bringing up that sort of effort over time quality to this it has to start somewhere you know the sutras are here to get the ball rolling for all of us at many different levels Radharani. Hi, and uh, thanks, Bob, for saying that because uh, I was thinking about that this week, thinking about, you know, trying to work with these. I, I, it felt like that. It felt like, well, this is a process and it's not something that, you know, it's gonna just come, but it will eventually, like just thinking about it, it would not just magically happen, but you know, working at it, uh, you will hopefully get there as you were mentioning. So thanks for sharing that. And um, one way that I've been working with it this week is, I, or I realized that trying to work with these, um, I kind of like bumped into like the witness state idea of, well, I'm in the world of trying to witness things more, witness myself more in the world. So that helps me a little bit to internalize and not be so externalized. So um, I'm still, you know, working at it, but that kind of like gave me a little bit of traction with um, especially doing things. I'm more like trying to observe myself doing and that creates that tiny little bit of separation. Hi everyone, I just wanna say sorry, we had some technical difficulties, like a computer crash here at this point in the discussion. So we lost the next five to eight minutes of discussion. So we're gonna jump right into the second part of class. Feel free to take a moment to do some tension release, uh, to sort of clean the slate and get ready for the second half coming right now. Part two, Shiva Sutra 3.39. 
If you go up there and zoom it out just a little, you'd be in the shot, but it's up to you. It is the source that sustains us, not the object that entertains us. So that's actually something I made up. It's not from the sutra, but it's the source that sustains us, not the object that entertains us. And the sutra, we're urged to take time to cultivate bliss from within, to fill ourselves with bliss as a means of creating a sustainably blissful existence. And we do this regularly in our practice, you know, every day through very obvious ways like gratitude practice, cultivating bodhicitta. In these examples, you are literally cultivating that which you wish to see, correct? Right? But this is also at the heart of the Shambhavi Mudra and the essence of surrender. So they aren't just, this isn't just something that's like a localized practice. This is like a concept that pervades our practice as a whole. We'll take a look back at the Tatvik map of manifestation and see that this rise towards the source, the sustainability, this concept of finding a more sustainable existence is really at the heart of how the yogis describe manifestation itself, all of reality. And that when we can do this, that's when we start to see what's possible. Because when you're rising towards the source and you're less attached to the manifestations, you actually have a lot more flexibility in how you navigate your life. And I'll show you two examples of that in quotes. And that essentially is, is in my opinion, what the sutra is talking about, how we get our, our, our wishes become fulfilled. And the way those wishes are fulfilled is, is because we're rising towards the source where the happiness exists. So part two. Uh-oh. Now what? Yeah, it's part two of the same sutra. Okay, so part two, same sutra. This is, uh, I believe, inside your pocket sutras as well. This is like the second fold out section. Um, can we have a reader, Houston? All right, Ananama, thanks. And Jatila, I saw that hand you're going to be reading next. Thank you. Do you want me to read the whole page? Would you like me to read the whole page? Yeah, go for it. Thanks. It is said in the Vyagna Bharava, you must infuse your consciousness with the awareness that this whole universe or your own body has been simultaneously filled with your own state of bliss. Through this bliss, you will become melted in supreme bliss. The Vyagna Bharava of 65. Infuse consciousness in the beginning and also in the center of these three states, and you will become one with the blissful state. There will be no difference between you and that blissful state. In this way, in each and every state of life, the energy of absolute independence, Svantrantriya Shakti, which is filled with supreme bliss, gives you whatever you desire. Thanks, Anonima. So a couple of themes bubbling up in there. That this main practice from the Vigyana Bhairava is telling us that we must, 
practice. We must try this. So you, you got to try this this week. And hopefully during meditation we can. Infusing your consciousness with the awareness that your own body or your whole reality is being filled with your own bliss. Think about gratitude practice. What are you doing in gratitude practice? You're literally cultivating love and gratitude, and it, from the inside, it expands out. Bodhicitta, same practice. We're cultivating love, compassion, joy. And as, you know, Rujanima often cues us, you know, that is intended to come from the heart, but then expand out. And so it's, it's our own bliss that is filling our own body and then our own reality. And through that practice, you know, we become blissful, which is in reality a lot, you know, it's why we practice is we, to be happier, you know. And so Lakshmanju slash the Siva Sutras slash Shemaraja, you know, the commentary portion, which is sort of a mixture of voices at this point, a thousand years later, says, you know, infuse it not just at the beginning of an activity, like, oh, when I start work, uh, when I start, the, when I open my emails this morning, I'm going to take a breath at the beginning, but also take that breath and open your heart after the second email or during during the fourth email, you know what I mean? Like we're supposed to continue to do this. And if we can, then that bliss that we're cultivating be, really fills us with, with that supreme bliss. And that, that eventually yields what we're really desiring in our daily life, which is happiness. Any questions or comments about that section? Bob? I don't remember where, but there's, uh, I think in one of the radios or somewhere where Rudy says, practice being, practice being happy. And after a while, you'll suddenly realize you are happy. And that's, that's exactly what you just read. Hmm. In Rudy's kind of way. Awesome. I'm yeah, not. Oh, go ahead, Radharani. And I might have seen another hand. If I missed it, please speak up. Go ahead. I just have a, a question. On uh, the second uh, paragraph, it says infuse consciousness in the beginning and also in the center of these three states. Yeah. Are they talking about the waking, sleeping, and deep sleep? Yeah, waking, dreaming, and deep sleep. Yeah. And dreaming could also mean in your thoughts, you know, so uh, infuse it when you're interacting with your world out here, infuse it when you're like thinking and problem solving, you know, when you're in the mind world, or also in this is almost impossible to explain. And I hope one day to be able to explain it from an experience, but infuse it also into that space of the void, which is, you know, I don't, I don't know how to say that or or not necessarily do that yet, but it's trying to say like at every subtle level that you call reality, try to infuse this experience, which is what we do when we start at the heart, you know, and we really try to feel more and more deeply. 
I think that's what we're doing. Dharma. I just ha I. It says this whole universe, or your own body. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's either everything, or just your just your little self. So, is it is it both, or is our body the whole universe? Yeah, I think it's two different starting points. I, that's how I interpret it when I was practicing it. I was like, when I practice gratitude, I practice starting to fill my own body until it overflows my own heart, my own the space I call myself, or even the space I call the room I'm in. And then it feels like I can, I can entertain that larger scope. So for me, it was just stepping stones on the same practice. I thought it was helpful. I was like, oh yeah, I didn't really realize I was infusing my body with gratitude. I didn't really realize that. And I was like, oh, and then it goes out a little bit bigger. So, any other questions or comments on this one or this portion? We have a, a little bit more to go. All right, we're gonna go. Um, just so that we can jump into like one more level to this. Um, when we do this on the cushion, it feels very, um, it, it, it makes a lot of sense, but when we do this in our life, it almost feels like we have to really like step back from our life a little bit and do something that almost seems counterintuitive. Instead of being drawn out into an object to find that happiness, to find that bliss, in order to feel it inside of ourselves, we, we, we have to sort of pull back a little. And the mind at first says, oh, that means pushing away the object. And we just know that's not the case. Surrender is not rejecting. And so what we find is to, to find the source of our bliss, to find the witness, to find a detached yet open-hearted state, we have to sort of to take a step back from the object to the perceiver of the object and this is something I'm just going to glance right here with you. It's you don't have to see too clearly. This is the topic map that we refer to. It spirals down to create all of manifestation from a single from a single essence of Paramashiva to Shiva and Shakti uh, to uh, down here at the bottom. I circled for us. These are the at the bottom is like the powers of of hearing, the power of seeing, the power of tasting, the power of moving. And then over here, these dotted lines, see how it gets smaller and smaller and more and more infinite, like more and more of them. As this as manifestation goes on, the the items become almost like more and more divided and, and multiply. And so down at the bottom, the very last section of manifestation is the actual things we perceive, the the the, the power of moving or sorry, the actual movement you might take, the actual thing you might taste, the actual thing you might see, the word you might say. 
And so this is to show that in creation, there's a power behind your senses. And so I found this to be a very helpful stepping stone to understanding the Shambhavi Mudra, to understanding this witness, which is referring to just the idea of going up the Tatvik map. But taking it one step at a time, we've got this quote from Babaji that Jatila can read for us, um, that I think really illuminates, as he always does for us, um, this concept. We depend heavily on our five senses to survive in this existence. Our orientation always begins with the senses, but there is a place inside of us where these senses are activated and where the energy behind them exists. When we function from that place, which is quite different from the place from which we normally experience the world, we start to see the harmony and the symmetry of light in life. We begin to understand what energy is all about. I think people who can focus their attention on what they're doing are able to accomplish great things. I think people who can focus internally are able to do even greater things. Sri Shambhavana. Thanks, Yatila. So, always so grateful for Babaji's explanations of these concepts like it's it's the priceless aspect of a living teacher and a living tradition to bring these ancient concepts into our everyday vernacular you know so we depend on our senses to survive we're oriented to that end point but there is a place inside of us it's a step behind them that actually activates the senses it actually powers them and when we're able to pull our awareness back just that one step um he says, uh, this is a quite a different experience of reality in that we start to see the harmony and symmetry of life and realize what energy really is all about. And, and then going on to say, those of us who can focus their attention on what they're doing, meaning like, okay, watching the physical dish, keep my eyes on the dish, keep my, feel the dish. This is a big deal. That was a big breakthrough for me in my sadhana. Look at the dish I'm washing. Yes, that is going to lead to great things. But if I can do that, and then eventually that opens the door to like watching myself wash the dish, feeling in my heart while I'm washing the dish, that is, that actually leads to bliss. And they're stepping stones. One is not better than the other. Any questions or comments on this passage? There's one real practical aspect to this, something that we all know about, we've all talked about, um, is that if you're able to hold your awareness in this slightly surrendered space, you're actually operating from a more energetic level, meaning that you're not committed to any one way of acting or speaking or thinking that you are actually able to move with what's possible. And I looked back through the introduction to Kashmir Shaivism, a text that Swami Muktananda's ashram uh, put out 
that helps to explain these principles. And this will be our final quote for the night. Um, anyone want to read this one for us? All right. Charlotte here at Konalani is going to read it. To be remembered that these physical limbs and organs are not the five powers of action themselves. Of course, they are ordinarily the means whereby the operation of the powers of action is affected. It should be known that they have actually been evolved for this purpose by the Shiva's desiring to act in these five ways. The powers of action are actually located in the subtle body. So if one of these physical counterparts happens to be disabled, the power of action, for which is it served as an for which it's okay, for which it served as an external means, may still find some other way of accomplishing its task. If, for instance, the feet are disabled, the power of locomotion, which is a super physical power, may find some alternate means to enable the person to move about. Awesome. Okay, that's a tough text. Uh, we use it sparingly, but it's critical for certain understandings, especially when it comes to the tattvas. They really help with the tattvas. Um, and so this section for me was all about that one part in the bold, uh, basically saying um, that we're bringing our attention to our subtle body when we are surrendering a little bit and pulling back away from the object a little and trying to feel where is this coming from? Where are my words coming from? Where are my actions coming from? You know, where is this joy coming from? And when we can do that, we see what's possible, like Babaji's always saying. We were just talking about at the lunch table the other day, and it's something a very common concept. You lose one sense, and that energy naturally infuses and radiates through all your other senses, heightening them. It's incredible. What's, it's, an un, it's unknowable what's possible. Um, and so it's like, what? So we've got this like reservoir of awareness that's powering our senses. And we're out here when we could be in there and operating in a very different way. It's not a dysfunctional approach to reality. It doesn't mean we're dropping things or tripping over whatever. It's an ultra, you know, um, or as they say, a super physical power. It's a superpower to be able to operate from this place. It makes you ultra aware. And so it gives you options. You're not so bound. And so as you, as you move through your week, you know, this can become a focal point um, that if we're able to surrender in any given moment, which just means surrendering that physical manifestation of this moment, trying to feel where things are coming from, a new a, a reality we can't even sort of foresee is... is can unfold and that this is a very real part of our practice not something we have to wait for for you know down the road it's it's very possible with a slight shift in awareness that we've been talking about for weeks 
Any last questions or comments before we meditate on this? All right. So let's let's do a super physical meditation. <laughs> Feel free to move around in your seat, of course. And actually, while you're there, make sure that you're able to, and you're welcome to face away from the screen, if this would help. Um, if we open our eyes, or if you choose to do open-eyed meditation due to the guidance, that you're actually like lined up with something you would like to, you know, have your eyes open towards like a shrine nearby, a murti, a photo, or you know, white wall, physical, something beautiful. I'm gonna take a moment at first to let the eyes close and the jaw soften, teeth barely touching, the tongue just sort of glides up to the roof of the mouth very gently, helping you to rise up through the spine. Check in with your, your physical effort. We don't want to have any kind of clenching or holding. So sometimes it's like, go ahead and generate that lift and then let yourself sort of rest down from it 10% or 20%. And see if it's more sustainable. See, even in our physical body, if we approach stillness from the outside, we'll find ourselves gripping the body, holding the muscular tension, and it's not sustainable. You might be able to get away with it for a while, but eventually we have to take a step back and feel where does stillness of the body come from? And just let yourself glide a little in the spine, very subtle gliding. And ask yourself, what's What's moving me right now? I know the movement I'm doing. That's pretty obvious. But like, what's moving me? And try to feel, try to zoom out and feel the movement as if you were watching it. And then with your awareness, just slightly removed from the physical manifestation of moving. Let yourself move a little bit less, a little bit less, and then watch yourself glide into stillness, and notice that you're not holding it. You're not even really the one maintaining it. Your body is doing it. 
doing all of it. In fact, the less we manipulate, the better we sit. And swallow to release any tension in the throat. Draw a natural, not deep, natural breath in through the nose. And then a natural exhale, allowing it to complete itself without clipping it. And continue with that. And here we are working with the manifestation level of the breath, the inhale, the exhale, the thing itself, the final tattva. especially with the breath. You're not really doing it. You can smooth it. It's almost, it's really hard not to push or pull it, and that's okay. But we know we're not really the ones breathing this breath. We're not really the ones making it happen. This small self of us. You can bring the mantra hum to the inhale, sa to the exhale. It's like with our body, if we can relax a little bit, you might be able to taste a moment or two of the breath, of that which powers the breath.
Hamsa means I am that. The that it is referring to is that step removed, that which powers the next level, the upward trajectory through the tattvas towards the source. Yes, we are this inhale and this exhale, but we are also something more subtle than it. And as you repeat the mantra and feel the breath, you have an opportunity to experience this subtle level We might repeat hum and sa with the physical manifestation of the breath, but our focal point is at a space behind or above, however you want to say it, that manifestation, the thing that's moving the breath the watcher of the breath.
And for the last five minutes, you can allow the eyes to open and have a soft gaze. Infusing your external life with this inward gaze. Continuing with the exact same practice. You can take your next breath towards the heart in particular. And as you inhale, try to feel that reservoir. And as you exhale, allow that reservoir to expand naturally without pushing or pulling, if possible. Feeling ourselves and our reality from within with this bliss. It's in there, it's the highest tattva. You just have to almost reach through. Not with the mind, no, but with your awareness.
the interesting feeling of putting your effort in this more removed space. It's sort of like how Rudy said, the heart can expand infinitely. Well, nothing on the physical level can expand infinitely. So when you find this other direction to go with your awareness, it feels like your energy can work for you infinitely. It feels like you can go in this direction with everything forever. You can just go in this slightly different direction and it doesn't end. And just imagine it right there at the heart with this last breath or two. You don't have to breathe hard to do it. You just have to breathe inwardly, trying to feel this space. So this is a direction, it's not a metaphor, right? It's somewhere we can really put our energy. So for the next week or so, you know, have fun with it. Play with it in different settings, trying to find the source of what you're tasting, the source of what you're saying as you're saying it, even while you're moving, the source of how you're moving, that's what we do in yoga. Um, Tuesdays online, that's like a big part of our yoga practice. So. Namaste everyone, thanks for your attention and awareness today. Hope you have a great weekend. See you next week.